What's up, dads? Welcome back to the Fit Dad Club podcast. My name is Jason Barrett. I'm here without Travis Jones this week. He had a few things he had to get done, unfortunately, some stuff going on. So you're with me for another week. And this week, what we're going to be talking about is fad diets. So at the top of the podcast, I'd love to ask you, if you are enjoying it, to leave us a five-star rating and a review. Ask us some questions. Uh, join the free Facebook group. All those links and stuff are in the description of the podcast. Really helps us out. And if you know any dads that could benefit from hearing a bit more about realistic fitness advice from real dads who go through themselves day in, day out, uh, and want to help other dads do the same, feel free to share the podcast as well. I uh, would love to have more dads on board. And uh, that's a big goal for us in 2024 is to help impact more dads' lives, help them live healthier lives, and help uh, impact the next generation of children so we can kind of cut off this this uh, generational obesity that is going on at the moment in the world and this kind of epidemic of obesity that we want to try and cut in by looking at practical applications of health and fitness for real dads, not saying you got to spend two hours a day in the gym, not saying you got to do anything crazy as far as a fad diet goes, which is what we want to talk about today. The biggest thing that people, especially around the new year period, will focus on is what is the newest, latest fad diet? What is the latest uh, craze that people are going through? And you'll notice that the same principles and the same kind of things will pop up again and again in waves. There will be a period of time where carbohydrates are out of proteins, carbs, and fats. Carbohydrates get demonized and they said, oh, they spike your insulin and they cause you to gain weight and all this other stuff. And then all of a sudden, everyone's eating low carb and high protein, high fat. Great. Perfectly fine. Uh, carbs aren't the enemy, but hey, if it gets you eating more protein, cool. And then over time, they'll say, oh no, fats are bad because fats are really calorie dense. And if you overeat fats, it's really easy to overdo calories. So it then swings the other way when then people go low fat. And then there's uh, other variations of that, things like keto and carnivore on the low uh, low carb end of the spectrum and Atkins and that kind of stuff. And then you've got more sort of vegan or vegetarian or that kind of stuff, which then shifts you away from the fats and more towards the plants and, and uh, plant-based carbs and that kind of stuff. There's so many different diets and there will be so many different people that will tell you that their way is the one way, the right way, the only way, the secret way that if you haven't tried it, that's the reason why you haven't lost all the weight that you're looking to lose because you haven't tried this one simple trick, right? It's the whole one simple trick method, which first of all, I want to implore you that if there is anyone saying that there's just one simple trick that you haven't discovered uh, and it's just one, oh, it's you, all you got to do is cut out fruit out of your diet. I was listening to a podcast the other day where someone was suggesting that and now I was just like, that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, whether it's cutting out all meat or cutting out all grains or whatever, there's never going to be one simple trick, unfortunately, and you've got to accept this fact. And the sooner you accept this fact, the sooner you'll be able to make progress in a meaningful way in your health and fitness because you stop looking for that magic bullet. You stop looking for the magic pill, which if you take it will just magically melt all the fat off you. That would be fucking wonderful. If someone had invented that and it actually worked, it would be uh, medically prescribed to everyone with obesity and no one would have obesity anymore if it was that simple. If it was as simple as just cutting out one food group or cutting out one thing or one food, then everyone would have abs. It would be that easy. And then that food would no longer go into production because, oh, it turns out this is the one thing that makes you fat. That's not the case though. The human body is very complex. It is st We're still only just beginning to understand things within the gut, right? We're still only just beginning to understand new medicines and new ways of treating different diseases, in in obesity included in that. And fad diets contribute to the problem because they constantly shift the focus and the spotlight onto something being bad for you and something being the problem. And if you just cut that one thing out, then you're good. What they don't address is the complex nature of how we currently live in today's society. We have Uber Eats, we have Deliveroo, we have all of these delivery services that can deliver food to you 
with a click of a button, right? You set your delivery time, you hop in the shower, you come out, your food's at your door, right? Unless the delivery driver's stolen it for whatever reason. But you can have whatever you want and it makes eating shit food a lot easier. Now, what do I mean by shit food? Because, Jace, that's probably another broad generalization. What I mean is overly processed, so highly processed, uh, deep fried, uh, added sugars, added fats, uh, added salts to the degree where it becomes what we call hyperpalatable. Really, really, really easy to overeat foods. Delicious, yummy, crunchy foods that make our brain go, ooh, yum, love it, right? It's not an addiction thing because you can't really be addicted to food in the sense that it is something that we need, but there are some foods that you know are more enjoyable to eat than others, but they also come with a cost or with a trade-off. What these fad diets would try and do is rather than say, all right, in general, foods that have a lot of added fats and have a lot of added sugars and have a lot of salt added to taste really hyper palatable and how really calorie dense for how big they are. Instead of saying those are the problem, because that's unsexy, just say, hey, just cut out potatoes. They're the problem. Or just cut out rice. That's what's keeping you fat. It's just not the case. So why do fad diets work short term? They work short term and they are not the whole diet, but some of their principles are very useful in the short term. Because what they do is they allow you to get motivated because you usually see pretty quick results. If you go from eating a regular Australian slash American diet, right, usually, you know, maybe like burgers, pizza, that kind of stuff on the weekends. In general, you're eating sandwiches and rolls, maybe having cereal or toast for breakfast, and then dinner is some kind of pasta, right? You're getting a lot of fair amount of carbs, but also a fair amount of fats in. Um, it's, you know, you're probably overeating in portion sizes, potentially. That's what most people tend to do. And you then go from eating that to then going low carb or cutting out carbs completely doing, let's say, for example, keto. So now you're having eggs for breakfast, higher protein and more filling. Great. And now you're having, you know, a chicken salad for lunch with some cheese and avocado. All right, again, more filling. Great. And then you're having a steak for dinner. You've cut out a big part of your portion sizes. You've also cut out a large number of carbohydrates, which carry with them water weight. The less carbs you eat, the less water weight you tend to retain, which is why when you first go on a diet of any description, you'll lose a lot of water weight, and that'll be really motivating. Same thing with any fad diet. You'll lose a bunch of weight initially, probably the first four to eight weeks, because you'll be naturally now eating in what we call a calorie deficit. This is the principle. We've talked about this before, but if it's your first time listening, welcome. There is a difference between the method and the principle. So the method is eating low carb, eating low fat, eating high protein, uh, eating raw, eating vegan, um, paleo, whatever the, doing meal replacement shakes, whatever the diet is. And we'll go through a few of those in a bit more detail in a bit, but that is the method. That's the methodology. That is the way that you do it. But how they get you the result is not through some form of magic, but it is through the principle. And the principle when it comes to any diet that is causing you to lose body fat, to lose weight, is a calorie deficit. It is eating less energy than your body needs, so your body then has to access its fat stores to fuel itself. That's the reason why we have a mechanism for gaining body fat is because of in times past where we haven't had fridges and freezers and people delivering us food on little e-scooters, we had the ability to feast right? Well, let's say the tribe got a big kill or it was an abundant fruit season or whatever. We would have a lot of food available so we could eat enough. And then when times were tougher, we'd have enough stores to survive us and to access in times of deficit, in times of need, just like a bear, right? A bear eats a lot, then it goes into hibernation and then it comes out of hibernation, right? It needs to eat enough to survive the winter. 
that's every animal has a very most animals have a very similar um, mechanism as do we to put on body fat to put on extra weight so that we are protected so that we have uh, extra energy for when we need it and when we can't eat enough the problem is we are eating enough and more than enough year round no, like most people if you're listening to this podcast you're probably not going hungry necessarily right you probably like if you've got an iPhone or you've got a phone and you're listening to this you're probably not in the situation where you're going hungry so what we need to understand is the principle is a calorie deficit, but everyone gets focused on the method. Everyone gets focused on, well, no, I have to not eat carbs in order to lose weight, or I have to not eat um, certain foods in order to lose weight. Right? I can't eat meat, otherwise I won't lose weight. All of those things can be true because you might be eating someone who's eating high-fat steaks, or I was just talking to a client who's having pork belly right for lunch, one of the highest-fat and highest-calorie foods that you can have. If we were to cut that out, sure, he would start to lose weight. Would it be because of the bread roll that it came in? Would it be because of the, the fats in the pork belly and how calorie dense it is, or because it's a meat and it's poison or whatever? No, it's not because of any of those things. It's because it's super high-calorie, right? And as a result, it contributes to a overall higher-calorie diet. So that is the principle that all diets work on, is that your calories in needs to be less than your calories out. And you can do that by increasing your expenditure or by reducing your intake. That's the principle of fat loss that we talk about here. They work via a method and they work via that method reducing your overall calories. If you were to go vegan, for example, that all of a sudden means you can't have a burger. You can't have pizza. You can't have a cheese board, right? And you can't snack on charcuterie for, for a whole afternoon. You're very limited in your choices. If you were to go keto, right? Or carnivore, you cannot eat any carbs, right? And sometimes they even, carnivore even recommends you don't eat vegetables. Not a big fan of that. But at the same time, you eat a lot of protein. You eat a lot of high filling foods. You reduce your carb intake. There's only so much steak that you can eat, right? Until you're still like, all right, I'm done with steak. Steak and potatoes, you can go back and forth and you can have a lot of variety. But if you're just eating straight up steak, you probably get full after a while. Once you're full, you're done. Do I feel like anything else? Well, I can't have anything else because I'm a fucking carnivore. Done. Right? Then as a result, your portion sizes reduce, you lose weight. So that's why they work in the short term. And that's why they start to get people indoctrinated in because they're like, oh, this works. It works in the short term, yes. But why don't they work long term? Why do people who go on these diets fall off eventually? Because for most people, most of these fad diets are unsustainable. Now, lumping veganism in with a fad diet is like, it's not necessarily true because there are some people who choose to be vegan for ethical reasons, right? And that's perfectly fine. And there are some people who potentially, if you have, you know, kidney issues, you might want to go on a lower protein diet, which might lead you to going more vegetarian or vegan, which is fine. No issue with that at all, right? It's not a fad in that sense, but there are some people who would say that, oh, because by going off uh, meat and dairy, you'll lose weight more effectively. Again, true, but for some people, that is, if you don't plan on doing this for the rest of your life or eating this way for the rest of your life, then it is a fad diet and it is unsustainable. Now, I'm talking about the restriction, the restriction of food choices and the demonization of certain food groups. If you comfortably think you could go without carbs for the rest of your life, go keto, enjoy, be my guest, right? And then the odd occasion, you might have a little bit of carbohydrates and it won't be the end of the world and you can maintain your results and you might feel great, awesome. Good for you. Personally, I love carbs, right? Carbs are my friend. I love them. They give me energy. They help me go to the gym. They help me lift uh, moderate weights. Let's be perfectly honest here. They help me go for semi-okay uh, distance and semi-okay pace runs. I love them. Big fan of carbs. They're not, um, they're not the devil. They're not going to be the thing that causes you to gain a bunch of weight. But a lot of people, if you can live without them, awesome. Good. Go for gold. But if you can't, don't go keto, right? Now, 
you can temporarily and you can say, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to go really low carb. I'm going to limit my carbs because I find I struggle with uh, limiting myself when it comes to things like bread and pasta. I find I, ha- I can't help but overeat. In that circumstance, it's then a good idea to potentially track and limit your carbohydrate intake. Not because carbs are the enemy and not because keto is the way, but because you know and your own self-control knows that you're not great with self-control around carbs because if you get a loaf of bread in the fridge and it's nice and white and crusty and fresh, you're going to put butter and peanut butter on that and have like six pieces of toast and you're not going to be able to help yourself, right? Um, And you might need a couple of weeks of abstinence to help start to get some results, number one. And number two, build up your discipline and your motivation and your resilience to then go, hey, you know what? I can have a piece or two of toast and I'm not going to let it drag me overboard because that's not who I am anymore. I'm not the kind of dad who has six pieces of toast for breakfast just because it's yummy and it's there, right? I have more discipline and I have more motivation than that to be a good example and a role model for my kids. I stop when I'm not hungry anymore. I make sure I choose balanced meals, not just eating six pieces of refined white carbohydrates, right? Again, not that they're the issue, but in they're very easy to overconsume. So you might find that some of these tools will be very handy for you. If you're someone who who overconsumes a lot of fatty meats, right? Maybe uh, like I've got a couple of clients who are South African who definitely uh, have a more predominantly meat-based diet. They will tend to swing the other way where I'm like, cool, well, we've got to reduce our meat intake and maybe opt for some leaner carbs and uh, some leaner sources of protein uh, and, and sub those out a little bit so you're not having as many fatty sausages or chops or roasts and all of those things that add a lot of calories, pork belly and pork shoulders and that kind of stuff. So it's just being aware that, yes, fad diets do work in the short term. They will get you a short-term boost of motivation. But if it is not something you can stick to long-term and you don't have a pivot from it, then it is something that eventually will become unsustainable because unless you're going to commit to it for life, you're just, again, you're just not going to sustain it. Then don't do it. Or be aware of the fact that it's not going to be sustainable for life and have a plan to pivot out of it. Because the second issue with fad diets is that they give you no room to move once the results stop. Let's say the problem is carbs. You cut out all carbohydrates. Great. Awesome. Wonderful. You start losing weight. You lose weight for about eight to 10 weeks uh, and then you, you plateau. What do you do then? Do you remove more carbohydrates? Do you continue, like, do you, do you, like, what do you do? Do you add them back in and remove them again? There's nowhere else for you to go. If the method is simply getting rid of a food source, you're not adhering to the principle, which is a calorie deficit, because over time your body will plateau. You need to understand the principle of that is, well, then, you know, even if you really enjoy keto and you, and you, something you can do long-term, you still have to adhere to the principle of a calorie deficit. And that's why people fall off. They stop getting results and they're like, oh, well, what do I do? I'm still doing the diet. I should still be losing weight. Not if you're eating, let's say you're eating 2000 calories and you lose 10 kilos over 10 weeks. Reasonable, very possible. And then you plateau. So because now you're 90 kilos, you are a smaller body, you're a smaller engine that needs less fuel to run, but you're eating the same 2000 calories, you might stop there. That might be now your maintenance. You would need to reduce down a little bit further if you wanted to continue to lose weight. That is true. That is that is the science that we have. But if you're not aware of that and you're just saying, well, I'm doing keto, I should still be losing weight. It's very easy to see why people lose motivation. Same with any other diet. It needs to be adhered to the principle of a calorie deficit and understanding that that is the primary driver of weight loss right? And fat loss is understanding that calories in, calories out is that primary driver. It's the principle. 
the method doesn't often talk about that principle because they want to be the magical method or the person, whoever, whatever snake oil salesman is selling you their book, talking about how this is the only way that you can eat to be healthy. It's untrue. It's, they often sound very sexy, but things with them aren't what they seem. So some of the popular fad diets, things like keto, right? This, and, and true ketogenic diets were developed to fight epilepsy. Right, that was the first because they're switching the brain over from using glucose to using ketones, um, which doesn't actually mean you burn any more fat. It doesn't actually mean that you, uh, you know, you're you're any more thermogenic. It just means that you're now because you've deprived your body of carbohydrates and glucose, which is the brain's preferred fuel source. It now needs to run on ketones, which you can only do if you eat a pre predominantly like seventy to eighty percent fat diet, which is quite difficult to actually do. A lot of people think keto just means low carb, which just isn't the case. Um, but you know, it is a type of diet. Carnivore people who only eat meat, they just focus on one hundred percent eating meat. Again, really high protein diet. That's going to be great from a fat loss body composition perspective, but you're also losing out on a series of micronutrients from a number of different places, missing out on fruits and vegetables, all things that have shown uh, time and time again in human randomized control trials to be uh, health promoting, longevity increasing, uh, death denying. Um, the more of them you eat, the less likely you are to die in general. Uh, but they, again, they get results by cutting out entire food groups, limiting your options, which means you have less variety, which means you can't have things like cheesecake, you can't have burgers, you can't have a pizza, all that sort of stuff that has a lot of calories in it. Because guess what? It's not carnival. I'm just going to have a steak. Boom. Done. Veganism, right? They talk about lowering uh, your animal product intake. Um, again, I prefer rather than talking about being vegan, talking about being plant-based and plant-focused is a better angle because trying to just include more vegetables and more legumes and beans and that kind of stuff in your diet is great. And fruits, awesome. Wonderful. Don't do it by just trying to focus on cutting out meat. Do it by trying to focus on including more veggies. That's a much more health-focused and healthful approach to the vegan diet or that kind of a diet. But there are people who will um, say that meat is a problem and meat just sits undigested in your stomach and blah, 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 and all these other things that just aren't true. So um, you know, at the end of the day, not, there's not a lot of evidence to support that. Balance is the key. Yes, fruits and vegetables are very, very good for you. Have more of them. Most people should have more of them, but they're not going to be magical for your fat loss and getting rid of meat isn't going to be magical for your fat loss. Same thing for low fat. Low fat tends to be a, uh, a, a bit more sustainable for a lot of people because low fat doesn't mean no fat because you do need some fats in your diet in order to maintain biochemical processes and hormone function. And there's a lot of essential fatty acids that your body doesn't make that it requires from outside of the body. So lower fat tends to be more successful and better long-term because all it does is focus on saying, hey, instead of having pork belly, maybe we'll have a lean pork roast, right? Instead of having uh, a beef sausage, let's have a chicken kebab, right? Instead of having fatty lamb, let's have something leaner. Like it's, it's, it's a lot of times just looking at where are the lower fat versions of foods and not because fat is bad, but because we already get enough of it in most of our diet. Right, we already usually get enough fat that we don't need to have high fat, full fat versions of everything. Um, if your only sources of fat are a bit of cheese, maybe a bit of milk, and a small amount of meat, awesome. You probably don't you probably don't need to worry about that. But for most people, they're having a shit ton of very high fat, very high calorie things. Fats have more calories than carbs and protein. That's why this diet tends to be a bit more successful. And even in the longer term, it's one I recommend for a lot of people. It's just minimizing their fat intake as like a first focus because it's a really easy way to take away a bunch of calories without really trying because there's a lot of lower fat substitutes people will say oh but there's added sugars that replace those fats in some foods yes but not in things like meats 
right? I'm not talking about just going and finding low, like low fat versions of everything, but lower fat meats don't have you know anything in there to replace them except for protein, which is great. It's a win-win. So low fat tends to be pretty successful um, because it's not a complete elimination diet. It's just an awareness focus. Uh, meal replacement shakes, again, these work for short term because instead of having a big 700, 800, 900 calorie dinner, you're having a 300 calorie shake. You're reducing your calorie sizes. If it is something that works for you, and this is something we recommend for some of our dads, if you're not a big breakfast person or you do eat breakfast uh, and you need it, but you often you know, fly off the rails and eat too many pieces of toast or whatever, we might say, hey, let's have a shake in the morning for breakfast or a smoothie in the morning for breakfast. Add some berries and some protein powder and some yogurt and stuff like that in there and make it, make it a, a smoothie. Similar principle to a meal replacement shake, usually a smoothie is a little bit more filling, has a little bit more nutrients in it as well, and is a little bit less expensive than a lot of the meal, like the man shakes and that kind of stuff out there, but it gets a result. It gets a result as long as you can adhere to it. And as long as you, again, you might use it just to break the habit of having a shitty breakfast or it might be a shitty lunch. It might be lunch that gets you and you tend to have a pie and a sausage roll and then a Coke. And then that's, that kind of gives you low energy for the rest of the day. But then if you take your shake and you just have, and you replace your lunch, lunch might be the problem meal for you. That might be a valid method of weight loss for you and of weight maintenance for you. As long as you understand, I'm going to have to keep this up forever, or I'm going to have to find a reasonable pivot to a different diet or a different way of eating in order to maintain these results or in order to progress because I can't go back to where I was before. And then people yo-yo between eating shit for lunch and then having a meal replacement shake. And then that's losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight, gaining weight. They never understand the principles behind it, which is what we try to teach here at the Fit Dads Club. We try to help you understand what are the principles of fat loss? What are the principles of understanding? How does your body actually store and use energy? How does your diet affect that? And what are the different diets that work? All of these work. All of these work. The question you need to ask yourself is, well, how can I lose weight on a diet that I enjoy to a degree, right? Because again, at the end of the day, you've got to do a little, there's a little bit of a slog with it. It's not always an easy process. Losing body fat, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. It's simple, but it's not easy. There are many different ways to do it. And that's why we recommend flexible dieting. We recommend tracking your macronutrients. And again, this might not even be sustainable for some people, but the difference for me between tracking macronutrients and uh, any of the diets that are just focused on eliminating certain food groups is the education aspect. Because by starting to track food and starting to understand food, you understand, oh, this food has a certain amount of calories in it. This food has a certain amount of protein in it. Well, these foods are very different, right? Having a chicken uh, in a roll versus pork belly in a roll is going to be a very different caloric load. There's going to, and that added up over time is going to make a difference. So it's, oh, if I have the chicken roll, I can then have something else as well and still hit the same amount of calories and enjoy my life. I could have a fucking Milky Way bar if I wanted to, right? Not the recommendation, but it would be the same amount of calories. You can then go, hang on, 80% of the time, focusing on whole foods, focusing on, um, you know, ideally uh, meats, legumes, beans, uh, vegetables, fruits, whole grains as best as possible. 80% of the time focusing on that. The other 20% of the time, you've then got flexibility to go, hang on, if I'm just trying to hit these targets of proteins, carbs, and fats, I can you know, stack the Jenga blocks in one way or the Lego blocks in one way and I can take them apart. I could stack them a different way. It's still the same amount of calories. I'm still going to get the result, but I can include different foods. I can have days where I have more carbs and I might have pasta and bread and cereal and whatever else. And then I might have days where I have more fat and I'll have pork belly and steaks. And by just balancing out the carbohydrates and the fats on the opposite days, you can have 
all those foods you want. Yeah, you probably won't be able to get away with having creamy chicken carbonara every single night. Again, I shit on that all the time. Cream and cheese and bacon and guanciale and fucking whatever else and chicken thighs. And you know, we won't be able to have all of that all in one dish, potentially. Probably be a bit too much, but you can have some of the pasta with the chicken. And then you could have like a creamy uh, chicken, you know, fucking oven bake, whatever, with some veggies. And you can still kind of scratch that itch a little bit because you're starting to understand and learn more about food. But you've got, you've got to actually commit to, to being willing to learn, right? Being willing to learn about food and understand the principles behind it. And that's what we're here to do. So if you do have any questions about this stuff as well, send us a message, uh, post in the free Facebook group, which is linked in the uh, description as well. Feel free to join. Uh, feel free to comment on this video if you see it on YouTube as well. Um, but the biggest thing for us is education and educating dads on why these things don't work or do work and then don't work eventually and what you can do about it. So the biggest thing that you can do about it is to educate yourself, is to understand what are the principles behind what is driving the fat loss from this diet? Why does it work? Why doesn't it work? Can I keep this up long-term? Some people can't even keep up macro tracking long-term, which is perfectly fine and reasonable. Some people, it creates a bad relationship with food. Those people you know, might already be predisposed to being a bit more obsessive about food and tracking the numbers is not great for them. So they might have to do a different method. They might have to do something different if they wanted to lose a bit of weight without going a little bit too too far off the deep end in terms of um, stressing about hitting all of their numbers because there's so much wiggle room with this stuff. Our bodies are not these, uh, these, these machines that are so precisely tuned that even one gram this way or that way is like, it's like you know, our bodies are pretty freaking adaptable. Like they've been around, we've survived years and years and years of evolution. They're pretty adaptable to what we give them for better or for worse. And the biggest thing is the education and the understanding of, hey, now that even though I'm not going to do this forever, it now helps me understand what food choices and what kind of combinations of foods I can usually get away with and still lose weight or maintain my weight. That's the big thing that people don't talk about a lot is what about afterwards, right? Post-diet, you've got to have a plan. Post-fat loss, you've got to have a plan. You've got to have some kind of an understanding of what am I going to be doing after I lose this weight? What is my plan? Am I just going to go back to the way I was eating before? Or am I going to eat this way forever? It's got to have somewhere in the middle. You've got to have not what you were doing before, not the fad diet, but you've got to have somewhere in the middle, some understanding of, hey, I can eat a little bit more now because I've lost this weight. Uh, but what can I eat? Are there any things that are bad? If the scale goes up immediately, is that a problem? All of these things are issues that come up for people once they lose the fat, if they don't really have a plan or an understanding of food afterwards. So that's it for this episode of the Fit Day Club podcast. Hope you guys got something out of it. I hope you uh, learned it something. I hope there were some myths that were busted for you. Or if it's left you with more questions, let us know. Comment on the video. Uh, send us a DM. Always happy to, to field any questions as far as that goes. And maybe we'll make it onto an episode of the podcast. So until next time, peace out. Enjoy your week. And I'll chat to you soon.